Are you ready for the end of the world? Haha, I know I am, how about you? <laughs> this is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Your Community Spirit. My name is Treesong. As you may have noticed, I am not, in fact, Orbeck. Uh, he is off on his, his usual travels, which tend to slow down a little bit during the winter months, but he still does go places. So I'm sure he'll have news on that when he returns. But in the meantime, we have a wide variety of, of holiday happenings and news and all that good stuff. So first, that song was uh, a holiday song about the Holly King. It was by Incubus Succubus, and it's called Hail the Holly King. Uh, since this is the holiday season, I thought I'd play a song about holly. <laughs> That's actually why it's called the holiday season, is because of holly. So let's see, we have a collection of happenings today. Um, as usual, if you'd like to send happenings our way, uh, you can email them to me. My email address is treesong at treesong.org. Um, so we'll... You get those to us, and we can read them on the air. And everyone who listens to WDBX gets to find out what's going on with your event, or with your favorite event, even if you're not the one who's organizing it. So first, we're going to have some happenings for you, but uh, let's get back to a little bit more music while I cue those up.
All right, and our first happening is graduation. Uh, those of you who are SIU students, or who know SIU students, probably realize that their semester is ending over at SIU. And some of the people who have filled out all the right paperwork, done all the right uh, finals and papers and such, they get to graduate. So it's a pretty big happening for the people who are participating in it. So I wanted to send out congratulations to people who are graduating, uh, to people who have managed to survive the semester regardless of whether or not they're graduating, um, to people who still have one or two finals or final papers left and are just barely, just this much, clinging to their sanity. <laughs> a shout out to all of you for trying to, uh, to learn and grow and discover new things and put up with certain bureaucracies. So uh, congratulations to all of you and that's a pretty big happening so I wanted to mention that on the air. So some of our other happenings, though, are scheduled events. As usual, we have uh, big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. They've always got something interesting showing there. And this week, we have Gorilla, the taking of Patty Hearst. Robert Stone's documentary covers the origins of the SLA, but does his best to focus on the very most famous of their exploits, namely, the kidnapping and reported brainwashing of heiress Patricia Hearst. Even deeper than this, though, Stone is delving deeply into the phenomenon surrounding these events and reporting from the outside on the first ever real media frenzy, with capital letters media frenzy, the likes of which are all too common today, but unheard of before the SLA. So that's showing at uh, 7 o'clock tonight at the Big Muddy IMC, 214 North Washington in Carbondale. Uh, should be an exciting time. And, yeah, we're sort of accustomed at this point to these media frenzies that happen, like, you know, oh, this celebrity did this thing, or, you know, oh, this politician did something, and then suddenly there's billions of reporters, and reporters interviewing reporters, and bloggers interviewing bloggers. But this was a pioneering moment in the emergence of that process. and other happenings. This is an ongoing happening, the Vigil for Peace. They have that Saturdays from noon to 1 p.m. at the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. If you don't know, that's the Town Square Pavilion, uh, the corner that that's on. And they've been out there for years uh, trying to spread the message of peace. It's starting to get a little more chilly out there, but they're, they're pretty dedicated folks, so I suspect they'll still be out there even when it's chilly. Uh, they, they may leave precisely at 1 o'clock instead of uh, 1.10 or 1.15, that sort of thing, but, but they're definitely out there giving a voice to all the people out there who support peace. And in other happenings, Rice and Spice, 
an international slow foods dinner. Now I've heard this, uh, we've, we've mentioned this several times because it's an ongoing event and I'm told that it is actually continuing uh, this Friday, uh, today. Um, you know, since, since the semester is ending for the students, there are a lot of things that are starting to wind down right about now, but uh, according to my email sources, Rice and Spice is continuing today at 6 p.m. It's an international slow foods dinner. Uh, should be fun. Alright, and we've got time for a couple more happenings. Um, let's see, we have Carter and Connolly. Environmental folk duo Carter and Connolly will mix in some holiday favorites with their normal blend of progressive bluegrass and political folk music. They'll be playing Sunday, December 14th, that's this coming Sunday, at the Russell Hill Winery in Cobden. Now, I've been listening to Carter and Connolly for years now. They've always put on a good show, so that sounds like an exciting event. and we have another holiday happening here. Um, it's a vintage Christmas carol. It's happening at Church of the Good Shepherd on Sunday, December 14th at 6 p.m. with refreshments available after the performance. They're doing a performance free to the public, a radio version of the tale, a, of the tale, a Christmas carol. Now that should be fun. It's, it's one of those classic tales and people do different interpretations of it. So it'll be interesting to see what a uh, live radio style presentation of that will be. So it's coming up this Sunday at 6 p.m. at the Church of the Good Shepherd. Alright, and another holiday-related happening, in fact, a carol-related happening. It's uh, Inspecting Carol. Uh, this is uh, Daniel Sullivan's farce, Inspecting Carol. It is coming to the Varsity Center for the Arts this weekend and next. That's uh, December 12th, 13th, and 14th, and also December 19th, 20th, and 21st. Inspecting Carol tells the epic story of the fictional Soapbox Playhouse, a fictional community theater 
facing the same crisis faced by every other community playhouse at one time or another. Over budget, out of money, and at wit's ends, they make their annual application for funding from the National Endowment for the Arts. However, the theater had not drawn sufficient patrons to be considered for the money, the monetary award. In desperation and hoping that a return to tradition will bring new blood into the theater and fill the seats needed for the grant that will save their charter, the Soapbox Playhouse makes plans for a tried and true, although tired, retelling of the holiday classic A Christmas Carol. So this is a very meta play. It's a play about a play. It's a, play, it's a playhouse doing a play about a playhouse doing a play. <laughs> so once again, that's at the Varsity, uh, Varsity Center for the Arts in downtown Carbondale. And it's coming uh, today, tomorrow, and Sunday. And also coming uh, next week as well. That should be exciting. And I, I heard about that because I know people who are involved in it. But there's also more details in the nightlife if you would like to see more about the full story and that sort of thing. So it's exciting to see activity in that the varsity again. You know, it was closed for so long and people were wondering, will it ever reopen? But now it's, it's open, it's alive, and if you haven't had the chance to check it out, now is your perfect opportunity. And those are our happenings for the week. If you'd like to send more our way for next week, you can email them to me. My email address is treesong at treesong.org. A lot of holiday happenings going on out there. Um, now with those discussed, we've got a little time left over for the news. And hopefully we'll get to some of those uh, uh, at the end of our last episode if you tune in. And even if you didn't tune in, uh, we talked about... Uh, some of the five all-natural aphrodisiacs that you may already have in your own kitchen. So we'll try to get to at least one more of those. In the meantime, though, we want to actually cover some news. <laughs> so here we go. And we're left picking up the species. Bush administration removes independent scientific reviews from Endangered Species Act. The Bush administration this week made a major change to the Endangered Species Act by axing a requirement that federal agencies seek independent scientific reviews of planned projects to determine if they would mess up or if they would mess with imperiled plants or animals. Quote, these changes are going to result in more species being put in jeopardy, said Jamie Rappaport Clark of Defenders of Wildlife. Straight to the source, Washington Post, Los Angeles Times, and Associated Press. So I guess we could just trust all the government agencies to regulate themselves, you know. Oh, I'm sure that this won't hurt any endangered species. Trust me. 
Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. So, in other news, uh, I, I wish I would have prepared this song that goes along with this. Party like it's 1990 levels. We're gonna have a party like it's 1990 levels. California to slash greenhouse gas emissions to 1990 levels by 2020. It's kind of better that I don't bring in the appropriate music, because it's funnier to just hear me make my sad attempts at singing. So, California officials this week committed to a comprehensive plan to cut the state's greenhouse gas emissions to 1990 levels by 2020 through regulating greenhouse gas emissions from vehicles, investing in energy efficiency, and sourcing one-third of the state's electricity from renewables, among other initiatives. Straight to the source, Los Angeles Times and the New York Times. So slashing greenhouse emissions in California. This sounds like a good plan. Maybe a plan that other people can pay attention to as well. It depends on how much we care about having having an environment, having an atmosphere that we can breathe, uh, having weather that doesn't kill us. <laughs> it's all in our hands, really. I guess I'll leave it up to the people to decide. And in other news, deal us in. Bond wants, uh, uh, let's see, Green New Deal. It's <laughs> an interesting phrase on climate change and financial crisis. UN Chief Ban Ki-moon called Thursday for a Green New Deal to beat climate change and the economic crisis as a key EU summit began in Brussels and global talks in Poland entered their final 48 hours. Praising environmental plans by both China and U.S. President-elect Barack Obama, he appealed to heads of the European Union locking horns over their own climate pact to show the leadership for which the world yearned. Quote, We need a, a Green New Deal. This is a deal that works for all nations, rich as well as poor. Bond said in Poznan, where 12 days of U.N. climate talks shifted up a gear with ministerial-level discussions due to wrap up today. So there's they're actually talking about trying to have a Green New Deal to uh, mitigate the impact on climate while also working on the economic aspects. So it's, that's pretty exciting stuff that they're at least talking about it now. I don't know how much faith I have that they'll come up with a solution, but if we keep an eye on them and keep pressuring them, uh, 
we'll see what comes of it. Alright, and here's another one. Coming out in force. EPA unveils most wanted list of environmental criminals. The EPA, US EPA this week unveiled a new website listing its most wanted environmental criminals. People accused of everything from illegally disposing of hazardous waste to smuggling freon and other ozone depleting substances into the United States. Remarkably, no one employed by the Bush administration appears on it. Oh, that, that's quite an oversight. We may have to uh, see if it's got a submission section <laughs> for our suggestions of environmental criminals. Straight to the source, Associated Press, and The Guardian. And although I, I hate to give a link to the EPA website since I mentioned it, uh, it's epa.gov slash fugitives if you want to see who they consider to be the fugitives. Though, of course, some people would consider members of the Bush administration to also be fugitives. But we shall see. Alright, so I did want to get back to some of those uh, surprisingly sexy ingredients, the all-natural ingredients you may have in your kitchen, in your home, in your community that you didn't even know were aphrodisiacs. So the first one we mentioned last week was cornstarch. Uh, it's not something that you eat, it's about the feel of cornstarch on your body. A half to full nude body preferred, which that, that's often preferred. Just the initial sensation of cornstarch dripping on the skin mimics the sensation of liquid silk. Try a few drops on yourself and you'll see what I mean. I also heard someone too mention the idea of adding like just a little bit of water so that you can uh, you can still feel the cornstarch and yet it changes the sensation. So uh, it sounds very interesting. A couple of the other suggestions they have are you know, sprinkling it on someone and then taking a pastry b brush <laughs> and gently spread the cornstarch over your lover's entire body. This is a pretty sensual article. I, I figured it would just be, you know, when I first heard about it, I thought it'd be like, oh, you know, this, this provides this nutrient for you, which helps. <laughs> but no, it gets into the details. So, it also suggests giving a seductive full body massage using the cornstarch instead of body oil. It may take a minute to get the pressure just right, so that the cornstarch just flows across the skin through your fingertips. But once you do, it won't be too long before you're off to some other pleasures. That sounds pretty exciting. I, I see cornstarch in the store. It looks pretty boring when you look at the package, but uh, I guess it's pretty exciting stuff. So, we'll get to surprisingly sexy ingredient number two today, 
that is tomatoes, tomatoes. You say tomato, I say tomato. Many food experts prefer to call the tomato the apple of love. <laughs> I don't know, I just got to laugh at that, but the apple of love, okay. Why is the tomato erotic? Two reasons. First of all, the sensation of eating a fresh, fully ripened, crisp, clean, juicy tomato is sexy all on its own. Now that is pretty exciting. It's a very sensual experience to eat a fresh, local tomato. Watching a pair of sexy lips nibble on this fruit, or vegetable, depending on which school you belong to, <laughs> is enough to make you hungry for other things. And of course, the juicier the tomato, the more chance you'll have of dribbling on yourself or your partner. But isn't that what tongues are for? Oh, I see now why they call it the apple of love. Added bonus, eating tomato is known to aid in sexual performance. They help calm pre-sex nerves, which can be especially helpful in a first-time partner situation. Furthermore, the tomato is also known for improving muscle control, which can aid in a number of other between-the-sheets efforts, too. <laughs> so that's pretty exciting. It sounds like the people, um, people who wrote this article want us to have a very happy holiday. And I agree with that sentiment. So uh, you're listening to Your Community Spirit here on WDBX 91.1 FM. Uh, that's all the surprisingly sexy ingredients we have time for today. If you'd like to send more happenings, news, etc. our way, uh, you can contact me at treesong at treesong.org. Um, it's been fun and exciting and entertaining sharing all this with you. Um, I believe I'll send you off here with a, another song. And this one is one that I often play around the holidays. It's by Dar Williams. It's called The Christians and the Pagans. So, hope you have a good holiday, and I'll be back next week. Jane and I were having solstice Now we need a place to stay And her Christ-loving uncle Watched his wife hang Mary on a tree He watched his son hang candy canes All made with red dye number three He told his niece it's Christmas Eve I know our life is not just style She said Christmas is like solstice And we miss you And it's been a while so the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground the best that they were able Just before the meal was served, hands were held in prayer for say Sending hope for peace on earth to all their gods and goddesses The food was great, the tree plugged in, the meal had gone without a hitch Till Timmy turned to Amber and said, is it true that you're a witch? His mom jumped up and said, the pies are burning And she hit the kitchen, and it was Jane who spoke She said, it's true, your cousin's not a Christian But we love trees, we love the snow The friends we have, the world we share And you find magic from your God And we find magic everywhere So the Christians and the pagans stand together at the table Finding faith and common ground, the best that they were able And where does magic come from? I think magic's in the learning Cause now when Christians sit with pagans, only pumpkin pies are burning
tried to do the dishes Her aunt said, really, no, don't bother Amber's uncle saw how Amber looked like him And like her father He thought about his brother How they hadn't spoken in a year He thought he'd call him up And say it's Christmas and your daughter's here He thought his father's sons and brothers Saw his own son tuck his sleeve Saying, can I be a pagan? Dad said, we'll discuss it when they leave